So now it is time to address that 14-3 embarrassing performance by the Buckeyes in the Cotton Bowl. And I would like to say, I thought every reaction the night of was pretty fitting. Um, your backup quarterback, uh, who had been in, I mean, up until like what, week two or week three, a serious part of a quarterback competition, uh, went out there against a Missouri team that, by the way, Missouri's a nice team. And Eli Drinkowitz has done a good job to to the surprise of me and many who followed him at App State and thought him a careerist little B. Well, he has proven to be a good football coach in Missouri. That's a tough place to win. And he did that. Now, I digress. I thought all the reactions on the day of were appropriate. I think as we have moved on from it, which were, by the way, which were frustrations at the quarterback spot, which were frustrations at the offensive line and how they played. The defense played well enough to win. Um, I thought other guys on the offense played well enough to win. Um, and I thought, honestly, I felt bad for Travion Henderson, who looked like one dude trying to do a million things out there. But as I reel it in here, the thing that I think, what I think is interesting is every time something bad or even perceptionally bad happens at Ohio State, I think there's this, this thought of, oh, this is now the worst. And it brings out the John Cooper tropes. And it brings out the sky is falling. And the reality is, I don't know how anyone can come off the last six weeks of Ohio State football and feel remarkably sunshiny and, oh, everything's great and nothing's the matter. And I think if Ryan Day still thinks that he can get by with small changes to, to better himself for next year, right? If, if, if he is not convinced over the last from Michigan to Missouri that maybe more than a tweak or two needs to happen. And when I say tweak or two, I mean like, one coach being fired. If he still thinks that, then he is probably doomed. But I, I the doomsdayers that are are certain that Ryan Day should be fired today because of the Cotton Bowl. Like let's let's all be honest here. Unless you are in the Final Four of the playoffs, nobody's going to play the same way they did when it was Ohio State, Michigan, and you're not going to have the same team, the same fire. It's just there's such a long gap between the bowl season and, you know, the conference title games, like so much happens. Now, when you come out and you have the starting center, who, by the way, didn't play a single snap in the Cotton Bowl, come out and say, oh, yeah, there were we really didn't practice at all leading into that game. When you, when you start to realize that Ryan Day was out hitting the road trying to recruit to save this class and that they and, – and there were multiple staff assistants a report that multiple – uh, assistants didn't show up for key meetings during your prep time for the Cotton Bowl, those are all real concerns. And the simplest way for Ryan Day to right the ship is to kind of go full-on dictator here, is to basically do what you and I know Urban Meyer would do, which is fire some dudes, stomp around, put his D on the table, and do what you're going to do. I don't know if he'll do that, but that's the simple fix right now to reclaim his power in Columbus because it's apparent that things – I'll tell you this. Well, who is the who is the offensive lineman that spoke on a podcast? Uh, Hinsman? Yeah, it was the center, uh, Carson yeah. Hinsman, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. That's, that ain't happening with Papa Herbs. That ain't happening with Jim Trestle. Yeah. So I think, I think those things are things we can look at and go, man, you failed a basic test here. 
But to say that Ryan Day needs to be fired today because of the Cotton Bowl? No. Am I more concerned today after seeing the fight that team put up? Yes. Am I more concerned with every bit of reporting? And do I think that Ryan Day's balls are this close to the bandsaw? 100%. (laughs) But I think the farther we get away from the Cotton Bowl, I think you have to understand, I think the more important thing that happened in the month of December for Ohio State was that he held together a strong recruiting class, including the likes of Jeremiah Smith, including the likes of Air Nolan. And if you fired him today, that class would be severely compromised. So unfortunately, this is the captain of the boat that you got up until probably next December. But the reality is, It's now on Ryan Day to right the ship to get things pointed in the right direction because whether it's the Cotton Bowl or not, you got worked. And you got worked because Ryan Day is an offensive head coach, offensive side of the ball, offensive coordinator, play caller, and you scored three points in the effing Cotton Bowl. There's no way to look at that as anything other than WTF, what the hell are you doing? I think that's – you hit the nail on the head in terms of – like it's not about the Cotton Bowl. It's it's not about the fact that like oh, the, it's the fact that they looked lifeless in the Cotton Bowl. It's the fact that Ryan Day is supposed to be some offensive guru, quarterback whisperer, whatever you want to call it, who always has the right guy under center. And clearly, we saw this year maybe he put his his money on the or put put all his stock in the wrong person. Um, like these are his players. These are his recruits. You know, Devin Brown is one of his recruits. Lincoln Keenholz is one of his recruits. For him to have no game plan on the possibility that Keenholz could have to step in at any point for Devin Brown, who, by the way, had already been hurt a couple times this year, it, it made no sense to me. So, I like I said, Friday night was rock bottom for Ryan Day. I don't think there's any way to other 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 way to put that. Like you lose to Michigan a third straight year, and you know, and I said it that I said it on Friday night, Nick, like. Two years ago, you lose to Michigan, you go to the Rose Bowl, which is still a big deal. And yes, the season didn't go the way you wanted, but you come out with a win over Utah in like a shootout. And you start you saw sort of the the next phase of what Ohio State was going to look like. It was Marvin Harrison Jr.'s coming out party. It was Emeka Ibuka was putting up numbers. It was CJ Stroud getting more experience. And you walked away from that game like, oh man, like this this team's going to be really really good. Then last year, you you lose to Michigan, but you still got into the playoff and you put up a great fight where it was like, man, they were a couple plays away from going and potentially winning a national championship. So you felt you had, you had something you could feel good about. This year, you got nothing that you can feel good about. You you had nothing to show in that game, even though I understand it was Devin Brown and there was a different looking team. I guess the one thing is that you you feel good about the idea that a lot of these defensive guys might come back and you feel like your defense could be really good next year. But that just makes me worried if they don't get you know, a quarterback. You know, that- the only thing I would say, though, is I disagree that nothing good happened this year. The Notre Dame games and the Penn State games were good wins. Like, I, I, I understand that that in reality we're talking Michigan is the only game that matters on that schedule – and that winning against Missouri would have at least stopped the bleeding in the eyes of some Ohio State fans. But, like, Marvin Harrison was a Heisman finalist. I think you saw uh, Carnell Tate and G. Scott take a step. I think you did find one or two offensive linemen moving forward. 
you just need about three more. I don't so, think it's it's not it's not so much that I don't think anything good happened at this season as much as it's like you had something to feel good about going into the next year at the end of these previous seasons, even though you lost to Michigan. Whereas this year, the only thing you're hanging your hat on is a recruiting class that you might not even see a lot of these guys playing for two two years from now. So I it, like right now you don't have the quarterback in the transfer portal coming. We don't that that might change, and we're gonna get into that, I know. Um, you don't, your offensive line looks like it's still a mess. Like there's still so much to do. And it's also with the backdrop that Michigan's going to go play for a national championship. And that changes things too, because at least the two previous years when Michigan made the playoff, you got to kind of laugh at their expense, even though they beat you. It was like, Oh, ha ha ha. You guys still are no match for those sec teams. You exactly lost to Georgia. And then, and then last year, and then last year, um, <laughs> and then last year it was TCU and you got outlasted by them. And then they went and got boat raced by Georgia. And it was like, Oh, Michigan didn't belong again. But then this year they go like the previous here, Here's the way I'll put it to you. Like, yes, Michigan beat you the previous two seasons. And that was tough enough to deal with, but then them not going on and winning a national championship or even being in that game, at least kind of made it seem like, okay, Michigan's better than you during the regular season and all this, but it's not like they're world's better national championship contender. Now they like that. That's supposed to be Ohio state. If they go and win the national championship next week, they truly have taken everything that you were supposed to be. And they, and they stole it from you. Like they flat out stole your lunch. And that does that like that in no way, shape or form can that sit well. And that's why I think to your point, doesn't, your, it, doesn't it make the Ohio State loss to Michigan actually look more defensible? Like, if they go and win the national title, and again, you and I both agree, none of these teams are the dominant level we expect them to be normally. There's no monolithic Georgia. There's no monolithic Alabama. There's no monolithic Ohio State. But isn't it a better look if Michigan goes and wins a national title considering how close that game was and it really came down to two awful plays by Kyle McCord? To an extent, yes, but I, I, I don't know that Ohio State fans are going to ever look at it that way because they be, – like, like listen, let's face it. We believe that this program in Ohio State is supposed to be constantly always in the national championship picture. That was, that was the trajectory of this program for so many years under Urban Meyer, even Jim Trussell before him. Like, you were there, and Michigan had sort of faded into the darkness. Now, all of a sudden, and you knew it wasn't going to last forever that Michigan was going to not beat you. It's one thing for them to beat you. It's another thing for them now to have the image that you're supposed to have of being that national title contender. And that's where they're at. Like they they will have at this point taken everything from you and you're left kind of holding the bag here, which is why, to your point on, on Ryan Day, I do think if this isn't the wake up call, if sitting at home and watching Michigan go to the national championship after you gave after you put up three points in a pathetic effort in the in the in the against Missouri, if that isn't enough to get you to to motivated to do you know go di- full dictator and take this thing over and d- direct it the way it needs to be, then I don't know what's going to be the wake up call for him. And it really is like 2024 will really be just him following his marching orders to a slow slow. Uh, end of his time in Ohio state like that. That's what it, the, the path he's on. If he doesn't do exactly what you sort of laid out. So this is again, where you and I just diverge a little bit 
because I think I think he's smart enough to know the Big Ten is going to look a little different next year, not just with the addition of more schools, but more importantly, Michigan's probably not going to be Michigan next year. Who knows if Harbaugh is going to be there. Um, it actually might be better if J.J. McCarthy's starting than if we go full orgy because Alex Orgy looks like a full-blown unit. Um, so that is where, like, I, I still think we're we're talking about let's make some changes here. But I think some of that change is Ryan Day needs to be more open to Ohio State fans. And this is something we've talked about a lot with Stefanski. Um, when you are winning, you can get away with anything, right? You can say nothing. You can uh, talk about every cliche in the book, right? You can flat out lie to the media and to the fans about injuries. But when you're losing, and in this case, it's, it's insane to think about because they lost two games. But yes, Ohio State lost the most important game of the year, the third straight year that, that Ryan Day has done that, and they haven't won a national championship uh, since Urban Meyer was the head coach. So that is that is for Ohio State, that is losing. And so, you know, last year, Ryan Day did the, oh, man, if it's in the best interest of the team stuff about, you know, losing play calling. And then turns out he didn't give up play calling and every other change, whether it was a quarterback battle or every other change that they could have made last year, he hemmed and hawed or did the oh shucks thing. Well, you can't do that now. So I think it would be really smart of Ryan day. And this is where I do think coaches can just be better. Like, you know, I think it's so much easier for Ryan day to do this than to NFL teams to do this. You exist in a fiefdom. People just want to feel safe and and secure and happy with Buckeye football that it's on the men. So if tomorrow Ryan Day held a press conference and said, one, these two coaches are fired, and I would start with a special teams coach, and I would start with the offensive line coach because that guy has not done dick since he has been here. And I, I, I can tolerate a lot. I can I can tolerate. Ah, we 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 misguessed. All right, we we underestimated the quarterback. I can tolerate that because you've got a track record of good quarterbacks. I cannot watch another bad, piss-poor offensive uh, offensive line performance from Ohio State. And it took Jim Knowles how many years to fix the D-line? And it still isn't perfect, but at least you got it where it needs to be, to where that defense could only give up 14 points to a pretty damn good Missouri offense. I can I can put up with a, with a short-term setback for a long-term whatever the hell that line is. But so I think you start there. And the third thing is come up with a Michigan package every day. Here's what we're doing to beat Michigan. And it's easy. And by the way, you should do it. I just think like, it's so, it's so infuriating because Ryan day is so close, but I think he needs to do a better job. It's a fiefdom in Columbus. People just want to be happy people. And if you said to people tomorrow, even if let's put the coaching changes to the side, if you just said, you know, I talked with Urban, I talked with Tress, I talked with other great Ohio State figures, and I realized two things. One, I maybe misunderestimated, misunderestimated, underestimated the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. I've not put enough emphasis on it. And two, here's what we're doing to fix that going forward. And it would calm the nerves of every Buckeye fan instead of mopey and Ryan Day. Like, Get out there, like throw up the throw up the defenses. It's really not that hard to win over college football fans when you can point to two losses this year 
even though they were the last two games, when you can point to the number two recruiting class in college football, when you can point to a track record that at face value looks good. I think you I think you announce coaching staff changes tomorrow and you announce a Michigan package and what it looks like. And I think Ohio State fans would be orgasmic. I do think the uh I do think the Parker Fleming stuff is um is is interesting because I, I I would read more up on that. That he's the special teams coordinator for Ohio State. Ohio State's one of the only teams in the country that even has like a true special teams coordinator. There's it's just that's just not really a thing in college football. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um and, and then Justin his units are still bad. Yeah. Well and, and one job. And 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 Mirko entering the portal. I don't know how much that had to do with anything, but I mean so pissed. Yeah, I mean <laughs> He probably was the MVP of the Cotton Bowl, so maybe he thought he could get some more NIL money. I don't know. Um, Going full McCord. You never go full Honda McCord. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I mean, like Justin Fry, like there's some questions there about just the recruiting along the offensive line. That unit needs to be better. Well, and, and I guess to sum up everything you're saying and being more transparent and finding small victories now as the offseason begins for Ohio State, what does that mean for the Buckeyes if they were to land – one, Will Howard, who they have been linked to over the last couple of weeks now. There's rumors that he's kind of quietly committed to Ohio State. You and I are on Instagram following, watch, and seeing who he's following on Instagram. His latest follow, by the way, is Jeremiah Smith, among among a number of other Buckeyes. So um, what does he do in terms of moving the needle, you think, for Ohio State fans? Um, and uh, what's interesting about Will Howard, too, is actually real quick yeah let's put a pin in it and i we will both share our thoughts on will howard who sounds like a ivy league quarterback but first (laughs) a word from our sponsors 